Welcome back to Dark Nexus. Tonight, it's Act 2, Chapter 37. Okay, it is the third day of the month of Neth, and we have reached the town of Thrushmore. When we last left off, we had moored ourselves at the end of one of the long piers on the outskirts of town, where there is a halfling-occupied vessel, and uh, Dora stepped onto the end of the pier and was approached by... A small child who is not a small child, but actually a halfling. And I think we're just going to jump right in and pick back up there. So, Katie, what you see is this rugged, compact, very childlike-looking halfling. Very short, with their features twisted in this like tight, pinched grimace, just oozing authority and scrutiny, like tough as nails, very, very fearless when holding this uh, in one hand, this is natty scuffed up brown leather skull cap, which apparently allowed them to take a different appearance. And in the other hand, a quarterstaff with a uh, fanciful green cloth flag <laughs> hanging from it. It's a, it's, you're close now. So it's, it's an exquisite looking dark wood quarterstaff. And this little individual, they have just whipped this skull cap off their head, transformed into this halfling version of themselves. And they say, I haven't peeped you around here before. Now I work for the city, and I need to know your intentions. Dora appears to pause for six seconds. She summons summons the uh, sound of a ringing bell in her mind and allows her curiosity to come forward and cast detect psychic significance as she looks upon the halfling before she speaks. They have, they have a little leather satchel, like, like a haversack, mm-hmm. a single strap hung over, and it's resting on, on their right hip. And just waves of warm light are pouring out of the front of this satchel. You probably pe- pick up little hints here and there. Uh, the quarterstaff, light glow, it's important, but not super significant. The hat is clearly um, useful and interesting and a part of their life. Mm-hmm. But whatever's in this this little rucksack, haversack, is extremely important. Dora lets that warmth flow over her and mm-hmm. infuse her. Um, she says, no, you wouldn't have seen me. I'm a survivor of something very bad that happened on an island in Lincoln Carthen. I need to know the name of said island. Briarstone Island. You don't even see a, a tiny tidbit of recognition pass across their face. Okay. Which, uh, you know, the island is close enough. This would probably tell you right away this not is from not... from around here. Yeah, not from around here. And maybe not hearing rumors that something terrible must be happening on Briarstone Island. Maybe so. Okay. Question? Yeah. Uh, is the can they see me or is the dock is the boat far enough down that I have not become visible yet like, <laughs> I'm picturing yes you're down enough that the two boats are sort of moored alongside this high stone pier that you to lift Dora up onto so I think you're, you're out of sight yeah but close enough that I, I heard that exchange like I could I tell that there's no recognition of yes, Briarstone sure. but I heard them say they work for the city yeah and, and also, to be clear, this ain't a city. Right, right. Yeah. Well, I'm going to 
But this is Thrushmore. <laughs> this is Thrushmore. So I'm going to, you know... They're not going to recognize you. No, but I'm going to rip the Band-Aid off and see just in case. So okay. Grip's going to just push himself up onto the dock. Dora's still smiling. Okay. Friendly. The halfling takes a step back. Oh, that's a big one, isn't it? Yes. Where'd you find that one? On Briarstone Island. Hmm. I think I need to know more about your credentials. What city is it you work for exactly then? I'd be happy to tell you. Observe. And they reach down into their... Reach down. Exactly, yeah. Katie. They reach down into their little uh, little rucksack here, and they pull out this perfectly preserved, absurdly large vellum document yeah. rolled into a protective scroll case. They pull it out and they unfurl it. Love it. I am the official premier honorary building inspector for the Great Sea of Casimir, nestled amongst. The verdant Blackwood marshes bordered by the Star Bay and the great promise of the inner sea. No doubt you know her. Her naval shipyards are famous throughout all Galarian. Have you been there? I don't recall. These are my credentials. What They're si- beautiful. What city are we in? Seeing that you're not particularly interested in their credentials. A little shadow crosses their face, and they fold it up. Uh, we're just in Thrushmore. You're a, a long way from home, though, aren't you? I'm a very long way from home. It's my first time here, and I've sort of taken up in local pest removal. I'm looking, for, I'm looking after the rats and the bats and all matter of vermin, make sure they're being treated properly and moved to where they can live properly. Is that sort of a hobby of yours, or, or is that the, the, the crux of what it is you do? I'm very interested. Their face goes a little icy. They reach back into their rucksack, pull out the scroll, the vellum yes. scroll again. Dora smiles. Observe my credentials. May I? Yes. Yes, she takes them, and she... And as you, as you take them, they're like... Their hands are twitching, like, be very, very careful with this. I shall be very careful. So it's not quite like um, like a child made this, but this is Close about <laughs> the most unofficial, air quote, document you've ever seen in your life. But well, it, like somebody, somebody put this together for them and tried to make it look official. And then sealed it up, and it's got yeah. some little enchantment on it that keeps the dust off and keeps it perfectly... Dora treats it ex- with extraordinary respect yeah. and appears to read the entire thing Yeah. Um, before handing it reverently back They take it back, and, and they nod approvingly that you, you took the time to go over their credentials. But it's important. Yes, it is, very much. I wonder if you... And to answer, so Robert, zero recognition. Mm-hmm. Like, just like, oh, that's a big boy, and <laughs> moved on with their life. <laughs> I wonder if you, if you have any information about what's going on in the town. There seems to be very few people about. Oh, it's a shit show. Oh, is it? <laughs> what's going on? You don't know. I don't know. We've been on the island for some time. Yes. I believe you said Briarstone Isle. Yes. I made note of that. I will add it to my record later. Yes, you should. I will. Don't go there, though. Not just yet. It's quite dangerous. So you you called yourself a survivor? 
Yes. What happened to you? Can you tell us what happened here that it's such a shit show? Who's down there? Show yourself, present yourself and your credentials before I will speak with you. And Roni yeah. climbs up onto the dock. Okay. No recognition from them. And he, uh, he ambles over and he reaches into the handy haversack. And let's see, what can I pull out? That would <laughs> You've got be, a lot of stuff. I know. Let's see, what would be something that would be pretty good? Oh, he is going to pull out the Sleepless Agency card. Okay. This is the card for the Sleepless De- Agency, which is the detective agency. It's Cassadia Rents founder on it. Can you hand that over to them? I do. Yeah. And I'm going to, before I do that as a move action, I'm going to try to convince them that uh, it's my card and my credentials as a part of the Sleepless <laughs> Detective right. agency. Right, right, right. Um, so look at that ability and tell me what the DC on that is again. It's a 20. DC 20? DC 20. It's a bluff check? It is a bluff check. Okay. Roll that up for me. All right. Let's see what happens. I haven't done this in a in a while. Oh. I am going to spend an action point. <laughs> oh, my God. Right. And I'm going... We'll see what happens. Into the shame. On this? Into the shame. Really? Yep. He's filled with so much shame. And I'm going to spend uh, an inspiration point. Oh, my God. Just made it. Really? 20. My diplomacy was going to work. <laughs> so they're swept up in your very convincing... Yeah, how do you do? You basically use words to convince them. No, I, I don't even use... I just literally go, here's my credentials. Here's my credentials. And I just flash it. Oh, my God. So it's kind of like the doctor, right? You just show them a thing, and they believe it. Okay, great. Uh, oh, you know Lady Sleepless, then? I just kind of give them the eye. Yeah. What you don't know is going on in town. As I said, we've been gone for some time. And you... How many survivors are down there? There are ten here, including oh my myself. Oh, no. But there are more on the island that will oh. need to come here. Oh. If it's safe. Madam? If I may. Please. I think this situation exceeds my authority. Ah. I find that difficult to believe, but I'll trust you. (laughs) Thank you, Paul. My job is very serious. (laughs) (laughs) Perhaps I should get the captain, right? Yes, I think so. If you would all wait here. I'm sorry, could you tell me his name? Her name is Captain Skywin Freeling. Captain Skywin Freeling. That's right. Is she from Casimir as well? Well, not originally, no. But she lives there. Okay. That's where we know each other from. All right. We are friends. And also work associates. <laughs> Does she also have such fine credentials? No, no. She's just a ship's captain. I see. <laughs> How unfortunate for her. So, can we make a knowledge local check on uh, on Skywind Skywind Freeling? Yes. Yeah, for sure. Twelve. Oh uh, no! You want to use an action point? <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. So they leave you there at the end of the pier, and they march very seriously back down to the ship. 
and they have a conversation with some of the halflings there. There's some back and forth and back and forth. And maybe at this point, you can get all of the folks that are in the rowboat up onto the pier mm-hmm. sort of waiting. And then you do see this very dashing halfling leap from the rail of the ship, like through the air, kind of a tumble, land on the pier. And escorted by two halfling men with crossbows, you see this very fit, muscular, middle-aged woman, about three feet tall. She looks and carries herself like a like a professional gymnast. She's a coiled spring. Her skin is a dark, tawny color. Her very large eyes are deep, watery blue. And she's got this pale auburn hair, kind of a, a curly mass and a messy bun at the back of her head. She wears a very fine mithril shirt over kind of utilitarian brown tunic and leggings. And she has a gleaming rapier in one hand and a steel buckler on her other arm. And I have art. And her name again is? Skywin Freeling. And this will be... You have art? A little easier to remember because I got... It's not Paul's backup character then? I got a portrait. (laughs) You never know. Hey, let's do that. Paul, what is your backup character's (laughs) name? And did we just spend the first half of the episode talking to them? Well, you met Dabwick. My name's Dabwick, and these are my credentials, and I'm quite pleased to meet you. I I hope that I can join you on your travels uh, eventually, maybe, perhaps, uh, should nothing happen to you, of course. And here is art for... uh, Oh, my... I'm absolutely stunned. (laughs) Here's art for Captain Freeling. Well, she's fetching. She's quite fetching. She's my friend and... My, my work, work associate. associate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, okay, very fine, very fine. Look of her. Oh. So, she comes down the dock. She marches up to you. Oi, Captain Skywin Freeling of the Selen Starling at your service. Who might you be? My name is Dora. And she looks at Grip and, like, takes a five-foot leap backwards and puts you on point with a rapier. Oi, now, what's the meaning of this? I don't want any trouble. What are you pointing that thing at me for? We don't want any trouble either. Constable? Hmm. Look. So there is someone that recognises me, eh? I wonder who you are. I don't want any trouble. I got no trouble for you, Captain. Not today. They say you're dead. Oh, do they? Who is this they? Everyone. Is this an inspection? No. This is pretty far from an inspection. Where do you know me from, exactly? She narrows her eyes and looks over at Dora. Captain, we've been through a bit of an ordeal. And are only hoping for information. Tibwick says you were on Broystown. Yes. And that there was trouble. Hmm. Yes. And that you have, they use the word survivors. Yes. How many? Ten here now, but more on the island being treated. We had limited capacity on the boats. What happened there? And as she's talking, she's looking at Dora, but she she keeps, keeps her rapier up and she is eyeing Grip very nervously. That's a bit of a complicated story. We hardly 
can tell the whole of it, but the administrator of the Briarstone Asylum pushed too far. There was an earthquake. And in the aftermath, well, I mean, it is an asylum, you know. I do. A sort of uh, cult sprang up around one of the patients and... Oh, my God. Have you heard nothing of trouble out there? There's been so much trouble here. What's been going on? Do you mind telling us? We don't know what we're walking into. Give me that diplomacy check. Twenty. Look, there's nasty business going on here. There are people disappearing. There are people dying. You among them, Constable. But the fact is, this is no place to bring injured and wounded people to. If you bring them to that shore, no one will take them in. No one will help them. At least not at night. Perhaps you need to come back tomorrow. And she looks over at one of her shipmates who's acting sort of as bodyguard here mm-hmm. with, with, with a bow. And, and they have kind of a wordless exchange with their eyes. Look, our hold is empty right now. We have no comforts to offer, but at least for tonight, if you need to bring people ashore, you bring them here. I can't spare food for anyone. I need to feed my men. And I'm not sure how many supplies, healing and the like, we can spare for you. But we can give you a roof over your head. And then perhaps tomorrow, you get them off my ship and get them into town. I understand. Grip looks at Captain Freeling and says, just uh, answer me a question if you do not mind. Have we- she, she cocks her head at you asking if you can ask a question. <laughs> Have I met you before or do you just only know me by reputation? I know you by reputation. And I've seen your work, Constable. I don't know what to say. None of us are who we were. What the hell does that mean? Listen, little one, we spent the last 11 days not knowing who the fuck we were, running around that asylum that was touched by I don't know what. As far as I know, I've been alive for 11 days, and I've learned some bits and tidbits of what I might have been when I was the fucking constable. (laughs) I don't remember a lick of it, and you can... Chalk that up to crazy talk and not believe it if you want, but that's the goddamn truth. She nods her head. Seems to consider this. Very, very carefully scrutinizes your face. And this seems like a person extremely accustomed to scrutinizing people and judging the worth of their words. These are dark times. Look. If you're not who you used to be, I would strongly recommend being very careful about how you carry yourself in town. Because from what I understand, everyone knows you and everyone hates you. Mm. That, I suppose, (laughs) tracks. Get your people on board. Captain, can you uh, tell us uh, why it is that they 
might not be so interested in helping us at least at night. Let's get your people inside and I'll tell you what I know. That would be much appreciated. So over the course of the next, like, 15, 20 minutes or so, we get this group of backup characters into the hold of the show, <laughs> <laughs> along with uh, Nason, Valston, and, and Jared. And okay. then, yeah, then the robots have to be sent back. Okay, so you have a place to land, and it's, it's, you won't have to go through town to get to it. So I think Valston would suggest that he and Jared go back, and they just take trips over so they can keep things simple and direct and quiet and make a night of it. Freeling understands that we're bringing more people. Yeah, so as you as I you mean, talk this through... how many people are we bringing? There's close to 50 people in total. Yeah. And... Is, I mean, is it is it better? Well, the asylum is falling apart. That's sort of the emergency thing, and who knows what it remains yeah. right. from the portals. And, and there's and barely like any so, food left. Yeah, so and there's no have to get, structure or yeah. like society. They can't there hang there. Right. No, no. And there's, you know, it's just, it's not an entirely barren rock, but it's pretty close to a barren rock with some grassy knolls on yeah. the north and south of the asylum. So it's not like they can hunt and gather for provisions out there. They have to go somewhere. This is the closest place to at least land and move on from. Plus, there's a crack in the earth with direct access <laughs> yeah. to a giant Doris something about that, that lives underneath. Yeah. The um, also, we, so we need to factor into our plans when the sun comes up, and maybe we can go into town as feeding and caring for all of these people. Yeah. After um, we also get some rest. Yeah. Obviously, yes, but like <laughs> these people are our, our responsibility. Does everybody agree with that? <laughs> That's the sound I thought I would Even hear. Even if it's getting them to a point of passing the responsibility off to, to others, Loic can't go out and find his own medicine no. or feed himself. No. I think we have to allow the society to sort of find its own equilibrium without us. I mean, we definitely can make the bridge, but we don't know what's going, what we're walking into. I mean, I agree. We got to get them to a safe, at least some kind of stability. But after that, they got to kind of leave would, them on their own. Would we know of another place like Briarstone that is anywhere nearby? Is there anything like that? No. There is further inland, but that would require somehow rowing upstream a very large river quite a long ways. That's usually traveled by a highway, like by a road. And that there are other smaller villages further down the coast, but like... Again, get this like Transylvania, New England idea in your head of like there is a pocket of civilization and then, and then just like wilderness and then like a pocket of civilization. And this is kind of uh, at least in the region that you're at right now. On the other side of the lake, so kind of digging through some of Roni's memories, the other side of the lake where the capital Caliphus is, is where the, I mean, to use the word metropolitan for this country is not perfectly accurate, but it's like there's there's more towns closer together on that side because the shoreline is less rough, less dangerous, less cliffy. This is just one of those like this is a it's an isolated place. Would the captain know anything about the absence of the count and the count absconding his seat? Sure. So as we get onto this ship, her hold is is indeed empty. Like whatever she brought here or was attempting to get here that at the moment there's no there's no goods on board and they make place for you the uh, the sailors make a place for you and they start figuring out like where all these 
people are going to go. And uh, she is indeed interested in hearing more about your story and also, as you sort of probe these questions, Paul, telling her own, and, and she will. And Can I ask her a quick question? Yeah. If she knows of anyone in Thrushmore from the Maiden's Choir... Is, is that a singing group here? No, it's a, uh, I'm going to mess this up, it's a sect of the Farazman Church? It's the main chapel to Farazma in Ustalov. Yeah, uh, she's not heard of it. Oh, the big church, yes. the Caliphus. What to know. We know that Winter had cohorts. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, so she's not heard of anyone. No. Yeah. So... She does indeed feed the, like, ten of you that came in in the first robots as you're waiting for the next uh, batch of folks to come over. And, Dora's uh, going to get sick at some point. During this. Oh, yes, yes. And she'll, uh, she'll share a little bit of her story. She, she opens up the rum, passes it around. Hey, Grip, there's the drink you were asking for. It's about time, right? And she says, uh, so every few years I, I do the run of the, of the selling passage. Because I've got two clients that make it particularly lucrative. I've got a spice dealer in Casimir and a crazy guy who manages to harvest magical hardwoods in the Shudderwood. So bring the spices up here, unload them in Caliphus, meet my guy in Thrushmore, three and a half months up, pick the wood up here, bring it back down to the inner sea, two and a half more months. It's a long trip, very dangerous, but it's worth it for me, so no. Well, this time I was... I was getting set to leave back in Erastus, midsummer, and Jada was having dreams. Now she, she has these dreams from time to time. And sometimes they come true. Not often enough that she can make a living off them, but often enough that folks like me that have known her long enough know you can't simply discount her when she says she's nervous. And she said she was nervous about me in this trip. She said it would be dangerous. It's always dangerous, I told her. It's more, more dangerous, more dangerous than ever. I, I pushed, I pushed, I pushed. Tried to get more detail, but... The more we talked, the thinner a dream began to feel. Finally, I was like, so, so, so what do I need to bring? An army? Because I can't afford an army, you know that. No, you don't need an army. You need friends. So it was a weird thing for her to say, but I, I told her I'd try. So I reached out to friends, and uh, shockingly, almost nobody wanted to lose half a year of their lives on the <laughs> Sillin River, except old Dabs here. Pat, pat, pat. <laughs> now, Hard to pull the official premier honorary building inspector away from their duties for so long, but they agreed to come. And the trip was quiet. It was, it was, un- it was weirdly quiet, actually. No trouble in the south, no trouble with pirates on the lake, no difficulties in Caliphus, nothing until we got here. We got here four days ago, and there was no sign of my guy. And the town was uh, freaked out, doors locked, everyone shuffling through the streets in a super hurry. Everyone's weirdly quiet at the fish market. Nobody would talk to me. Everyone's eyeing me sideways. And I've been coming here for a decade. Come on, I, st- I stopped by Cleta Binter's smithy and she, she filled me in a little bit. That people are dying. People are, are disappearing, at least left and right around here. The count's gone. The magistrate's gone. Both of them split town. Nobody'd seen the old constable for nearly a month now. The new constable's holed up in the fort, but most of the militia has quit. There's something awful going on around here. And I don't want to stick around here and find out what it is, but I'm sitting here with an empty hole and I can't afford to go back south with an empty hole. So we talked to 
Lenk at the dispensary, and he sent a bird to my guy for me, but there's no word yet, so I'm, I'm, I'm stuck here. I'm keeping my crew on the ship for now, no shore leave. There's bad business going on around here. I don't want any of my folks getting hurt. And look, they're talking about the witch. Hmm. They're all saying. It's the Briarstone Witch. And she's back. And there's another... Well, there's another vanishing coming. That's what people are saying. Is it on a schedule? Or a pattern? Oh, no. She's referring to something that happened many, many years ago. Oh, right, right. From that day in the library. (laughs) We learned about that. Yes. Before Ratch ate the book. Fucking wretch, Mamby. Whole town disappeared. The army showed up to right, take back of the town. The whole town was gone. Nothing left but kind of bloody stains on gotcha. the walls. I remember now. Yeah, some of the now some of the fishermen that will talk to me are talking about. They think they've seen her. They see her. She's holed up somewhere nearby. But this this is not a place to stay. I'm only here because I have to. So what's your plan? Well, we haven't quite got that far yet. <laughs> People are vanishing or dying or both. So there are, have there been bodies? No bodies. Or just people vanishing? People vanishing. And there are these... No, it's like murals appearing on walls. It's like charcoal murals, weird cities. Yellow cities. Yes, appearing on, on, on houses. Overnight. When's the most recent time that happened? Oh, it's happening every night. Has it happened since we put... Well, that was earlier today, so we don't know. Yet. So, okay, so... Yeah. I'm sorry, do you know the name of the new constable? Well, she's your lieutenant. She looks like Grip. I do not remember a lieutenant. Uh, Kissel. Barrowin Kissel, I think. Tell me, um, what kind of a lieutenant was she to me? Do you know? Was she of my ilk, I guess I'm trying to find out. My sense was perhaps no, but she's not helping with anything. She's locked herself up in the fort. During the day, what is it like in town? People are... They're out and about? Are the markets open? Is it... Fitfully. People are moving here and there. People have got to go about their livelihoods, but it's very quiet and people are moving quickly and not talking to each other. Most of the businesses are open, but... You know, they're not taken kindly to strangers. And I've been coming here for a long time, but I'm still essentially a stranger. Most of them. Not all clutter. You know, to most of them. The building there with the green light. Oh, <laughs> that's the fish market. It's the uh, it's the place where all the, the fisher folk bring their catch to sell to the public. There. It's a, sort of an open atrium on the inside. Lots of stalls. You know. It's so- been open. It has been open. Yes, but I, I I wouldn't say it's looked as busy as it usually has to me. It has a guard at night. 
Oh, I guess it does. What's up with that light? Oh, that's glowing Jill. Uh, uh, sorry. Of course it is. Well, they say... Legend. You know, they say that this, this lantern was brought by the founders of Thrushmore from some sort of underwater palace inside Lake Incarthen. I mean, come on. It's silly. It's just an enchanted lantern. All right, I'm likely to believe about anything anyone tells me anymore <laughs> after what we've just fucking been through, so don't try to tell me what's silly and what's not, right? Uh, fair enough, fair enough. He's got a point. Are there any theories of what's happening? Uh, the witch. Oh, right. Who, um... <laughs> She's back, orchestrating another vanishing. I, um... So I don't know what my fucking goal is, but I know that I would really like to give Count Lowell's a good killing. Um... <laughs> Sky, Sky would probably nods appreciatively. Yeah, she'd appreciate that. But, um, yeah, I understand he's gone. That might not be... And maybe there are things that need doing more, so... Uh, who would you recommend we reach out to tomorrow to try to help help some of these folk get some aid and move the fuck along and we can try to find out what's going on? Oh, you've got to talk to... Uh, you've got to go to the sleepless agency. She's sort of... Uh, Cassadia Rents, she she runs it. She's she's sort of all the town has left now. There's no authority figures, so everyone's going to her these days. I, I believe even the, the priestess is now gone. What's she like, Cassadia Rents? No nonsense. <laughs> Was that a warning? No. She's an impressive lady. I'll give her that. Right. Thanks for your assistance. We appreciate it, Captain. You know, after four days of this, sitting here doing nothing except being scared, it feels alright to, to actually be helping some people for once. I mean, who am I kidding? I'm going to feed your people. Just don't muck up my ship. All right? I wouldn't dare, but you should know. Some of them are troubled. It wasn't a sign on that call. All right. Well. But there are plenty of people who can help see to them. Everyone has their struggles. I understand. Did you see, in the last few days, any fog? There's always fog coming off the lake. Uh, Specific fog, strange fog. Yellow. Specific strange yellow, no, yellow oh. fog. No. They said it was an earthquake or something, but we haven't seen. Yes. It. There's a couple. There was. Yeah, they felt it here. Doris' was, was it eyes at, was go dark the for a moment. Ah, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and she was. she sort of raises her arms, <gasps> and puts them back down consciously. She raises her arms to the phantom fox. Yeah. Barnabas gifts. Oh. Yes, an earthquake. It destroyed the asylum. It was only part of the trouble out there. Um, she's going to cast message again mm-hmm. to her friends to ask, how much do you want to tell her? As little as possible. Save her the nightmares. I've told them, earthquake... There was strange fog, a, a cult uprising. I have left off, I purposely left off plane of dreams, Tatterman. Yeah. Yep. Portals opening inside of people from the plane of dreams. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I told and them about our, the, the lack of memories uh, yes. that, that we've. Yeah, we yeah. have not mentioned ghouls or doppelgangers. Yeah. 
it does seem for the moment that what you were experiencing is disconnected like you are the front wave of yes. any information yeah. <laughs> coming to these people about what happened there is definitely the sense you're getting so um, Dora will never lie ab- about it right. but she will absolutely withhold yeah, and, and but you know, she'll probably tell the same story she told in the dock of chaos and an administrator's overreach leading to an asylum riot, basically. Uh, she, I mean, she'd probably hint that there was something supernatural about it because that's not strange in this world. Right. Um, but she wouldn't, she's not going to talk about the chain of knights. She's not going to talk about the ritual or any of that. I understand. And, and look, a story is a special thing. And I know that your story, whatever it is, is yours to tell truthfully and fully when you are ready to do so. I understand this. I've traveled all over the world, ma'am. Don't you worry. I have traveled farther than you, Dora says, (laughs) very ominously. All right. I'm going to go see to the distribution of provisions. Thank you. <laughs> She's back to... Do you want mom. to go explore anything tonight? Or do you want to settle in and rest up for the first time since... We must rest. Chapter whatever it was. I think we need to rest. Uh, also, I'm going to suggest that I try to do some of those heal checks on Dora and Nasa. Yes. And see what we can do to help them. Let's do some mitigation of disease. We're back in this zone again. Here we go. Oh, it never ends. Here we go. God, but it's me this time. How about, let's start with Nasa. So, Johnny, why don't you make a heal check for Roni? Okay, so I get a plus two circumstance bonus on heal checks with my healer's kit. Guidance. Zoom. Do you let people touch you now? Absolutely. He doesn't even think about it. Ooh, he doesn't flinch at all? No. Okay. It's like a whole different person. Yes. What the fuck, dude? <laughs> we have a new character to, to uh, suss out here. Oh, shit. 28. Oh, nice. Uh, All right. 30, actually. So that, I it, said that was Nasa, right? give me more? Oh, fuck. <laughs> Never mind. Getting pirate nurse. Wow. And for Dora. Oh, man. Natural one. Here it comes. I yep. know. It's going to be <laughs> not. We'll see. Oh. 28. Excellent. Hey. So we rest overnight and everybody's up to full hit points wise. Is that right? Roni is really kind of like being very authoritative of like, you need to lay down. You need like oh, very he's... stern bedside manner. Oh, I love it. Doing these things. <laughs> Nasa's probably uh, going through some adjustment here. Sort well, of. Nasa probably is also like, well, he was a patient. Right. <sighs> right. She's seen a lot from the from the group of you, though, um, and she she's adjusting. She's adjusting to the new temperament and personality. The next morning, let's go ahead and take care of some fortitude saves against the disease. All well for Nasa here. She gets a plus four from Roni's use of the heal skill. Guidance. Hey, can't use guidance on this <laughs> motherfucker. Long check. But um, keep trying. But with a total of twenty. Nasa has just recovered from filth fever. Yes. Yay. Second consecutive save in a row. And she, oh, she leaps to her feet in the morning. She feels so grand. And she throws her arms around Roni and says, I, I, thank you for taking care of me. Thank you for taking care of me. 
You're welcome. Thank you for taking care of all of us. I have to get used to that. And Dora, fortitude save with a plus four again from Roni. I'm not hopeful. <laughs> I'm just putting that out into the world. Just throwing it out yep. there. 17. My first 17. Oh my gosh. Oh my god, there it is. Here we go. And Dora has one successful save. She is one save away from being latent. She's three saves away from being cured. Oh my god. Yeah, it's brutal. It's brutal. But Dora does feel better the next morning. And overnight, you are able to... Everybody was uh, fully healed, so you're able to get your spells and your daily abilities back and all that stuff. During the course of the night... Uh, I'm still fatigued in second, though. You are still fatigued in second, yes. Captain Freeling keeps her crew above decks for the majority of the night, and you're all mostly left to your own devices downstairs. And your night is completely untroubled by nightmares wow. for the first time in your very short new lives and it it probably strikes you because even all those nights that we weren't talking about your special nightmares you were still completely racked with horrifying visions just continuously every second you slept while you were on Briarstone and I you know I doubt very much that you had pleasant dreams this night but you were not troubled by nightmares that's probably a nice little boon to everybody's state of mind can you imagine like coming into a place that is actually warm Right. And, and not wet and cold and dank and filled with something that's trying to kill you all the time. And you, you can go to sleep and not worry that something's going to kill you while you're asleep. Mm-hmm. And you've gotten food, probably warm food. Yes. For the first time in, in almost two weeks, not old onions and yeah. like crappy biscuits. I mean... And the smell oh of my God. corpses and blood. Although and we viscera. all still have to stink yeah, so badly. For sure, for sure. Let me share with you, now that you, as you as you get up the next morning and walk out onto the deck of the Selen Starling and look at Thrushmore for the first time, let me bring you to a map here. Here we go. Whoa. Mm. That's a large look at that. It's Ooh. very big, so you may have to zoom in or out a little bit. So you can see where Whoa. those... The, the three large hills are indicated. And over on the, the west side of the map there, I just labeled the Selen Starling. Mm-hmm. That's where you're standing. Everybody see that? Yep. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to reveal, because you can now see it very easily by day, the standing stone mm-hmm. on top of the hill overlooking the ship that you're on. Uh-huh. Right down there in the south. Yep. And... Follow me around the map a little bit. Mm-hmm. So look at the near the north of the map where the large hill on the north side is. Oh, atop mm-hmm. that large hill. The name just popped up. They've just popped up, Iris Hill, mm-hmm. which is the name of the Lowell's family estate. <laughs> sort of anybody on the ship could identify that for you as you see it, and. It looks very weird from down in the harbor because this giant compound seems to be surrounded by an impenetrable 20-foot tall, you'd guess, hedge wall that seems um, (laughs) clearly 
magical in origin. And above it, you see the the tops of poking spires of the estate inside. Atop the mid-sized hill, you see a two-story fortress. I just put on the map there, Fort Halecourse. That is where the militia is based out of. It's where apparently the new constable, Berwin Kessel, is holed up with the remaining militia folk. Atop the other large hill, so in the center of town, you can easily see another large yellow standing stone. Mm. You're seeing them from a distance, but they are clearly visible. And you sort of get the layout of what the town looks like. As you picture this town, picture Tudor architecture. So half beam daub and waddle architecture mixed with extreme gothic. So everything is, instead of brown and white or black and white, is like brown and gray with these absurdly tall, steepled peaks on all of the roofs. And the buildings are, you know, it's sort of mostly two stories tall, whether they actually have two functional stories in them that, that may be different from building to building. But it's, it's very dark, gothic looking. There's a cluster of buildings right in the center of town there, sort of around the fish market building. This is where you were seeing mm. the green lights. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you see that there? Where were the blue lights? Yes, where were the blue lights? Blue lights were coming down from Iris Hill. Yeah. Hmm. Just down that windy road. Yes. So you can sort of see. This is an amazing map. Yeah. So you can see. I'm going to do uh, a thread of pings here to sort of mm-hmm. indicate what's clearly kind of a main road that runs along the shore. So follow me here for a sec. Boop. Mm-hmm. Boop. Mm-hmm. Boop. Running west yep. to east. Boop. You see that? Past the fish market. Past, yeah, exactly. Down. Base here, of the lower hill. Down mm-hmm. all the way out the across some of these islands out to the far east side of town. Okay. So uh, there is there is this large hill with uh, one of these standing stones very close to you, and you'd have to pass by it to head into town. So if you wanted to investigate that, that is certainly an option. As you look out into town, you do definitely see some people moving around, but they're moving quickly, and they're moving uh, f- well, not furtively necessarily, but you know, it's furtively. They're about their business. They're, they're about not their business. Wasting time. Exactly. And everything looks very dark and quiet up atop Iris Hill. And everything looks pretty still up on Fort Hill Course. Ooh, I have one more piece of art to share with you from the book. This is a a look at Thrushmore. Not from exactly where you are, but pretty close. Mm-hmm. 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 Nice. As advertised. Yeah. <laughs> so you can see Fort Hill Course looming up on the right there and Iris Hill looming up. The steep thatched houses. Yeah. Yeah. So many points. So many points. Why are there so many, there points? so many points? So many points. Boy, I guess the point. Iris Hill is. Iris Hill is technically. One of the buildings is three stories tall. Okay. I think you can probably see the very top of this mansion over this supernatural, gigantic hedgerow surrounding it. Dora, this is the mansion you have been picturing in your mind most of the time that you cast spells. Yeah. This is... This is what mansion? Iris Hill. Hill. Oh, Iris Hill, okay. 
This is... This is home, yeah. is what you feel psychically when you look at it. Gross. <laughs> Do we all feel some of that, like... No, I mean, so Dora has these weird flashes of imagery that she right. has to create in order to cast her spells. Right. And she's been, she thought, drawing them out of nothing. But of course she has not been. And so she has she has access to some different imagery than the rest of you have had access to. And this is uh, her seeing wow. that building for the first time. Mm. Mummy's home. Mummy's home. Mummy's home. Mummy's home. Oh. What's the plan for today? Standing stone. Want to check out the standing stone? Let's yeah. start there. Okay. Yes. So you make your way off the ship, and probably, I mean, there's probably still in the early hours of the morning, uh, some of this ferrying over is still wrapping up. Yeah. There's a lot of people, but that, that activity is probably being finished up right now, and Captain Freeling is seeing to all these people being moved onto a ship, and you do note the next morning, there is not like a, okay, so... Now get the hell out of here. Yeah. Uh, she's it's so clear that all of these people are sick, malnourished, and you do see her heart go out to them. And there's not a lot she can do for everybody, but this whole business about like one night get off my ship, it doesn't not seem true. as it doesn't seem as though that's where her heart and actually still is. Still I think we this should is a, compensate us. This is a question I have in terms of people injured and stuff. How many people are injured? Are those things that we can actually take care of while before we do anything? Say we leave like nine in the morning, that last sort of hour of the morning, you can be using the hill skill to go around and look at folks and do some long-term care and help direct folks like Nasa, like Tolman, who have skill with healing and tending to people, direct them how to take care of folks. Uh, that's absolutely something you can use some time in the morning to do. It feels like a refugee situation. Yeah. Yes, yeah. How much would it cost to get food for everybody? I don't know off the top of my head. You might have to go to the fish market and... Uh... Or we could entrust the captain to manage it if we have things like the Pearl of Power to offer her, depending on what trade is like here right now. Right. But if we have things like that that we can give her, I, I think it would be good to leave the administration of caring for all these people to the captain and people like Nasa and Mira and those who are have already been and are comfortable in that position rather than us doing it. Yeah, I would uh, just like to second that. Let's steer into delegating delegating that responsibility. And that certainly seems like something if you talk with her about uh, you've got resources that you need to figure out how valuable they are, but yeah. you will make it worth her while to see to these people. Yeah. And again... And certainly we're going to do what we can to help with the situation here, which it would appear that there is a gap to be filled. And she seems, you know, she, she was she was putting on a good show when you first met her, but she does, she seems like a softie in terms of when she's when she sees all these people in need, any semblance of, get them out of here, is, uh, is pretty quickly gone. So we head off the ship after this conversation with Captain Freeling and down to the end of the pier and onto that road. You can see it on your map now. There's this, this road, sort of, it's a little empty part of town there going through a little copse of trees. And then there's this large looming hill. You pass a, what looks to be perhaps from a sign on the outside, perhaps a, a bookstore at the bottom of the hill named uh, B- the Book Layers. But it is closed up and seems completely shuttered and empty. 
Past that, you head up the hill, walk past a few more small houses, and climb, climb, climb up the top of this grassy hill on this island just off the shore of Thrushmore. And you approach, for the first time, one of the star steely. So many points. So many points. Now, Roni has seen iterations of these in his dream nightmare experience before, but this is the first time the rest of you have actually laid eyes on them in the flesh. It is a towering, like 12, 15 foot tall monument, kind of cylindrical most of the way up, split in half near the top, covered in weird etchings and runes and symbols of stars. And I've got some art for you here. Here's a star Stella for you. My God, it's full of stars. Wow. Very ominous, very creepy, lurking by itself at the top of this hill. And it's not glowing with like magical light, but it's still gray and murky out, a little bit of little rainy today. And it seems about as, uh, well, this picture kind of makes it look golden, like it's made of gold. It kind of has, it has a, a sheen about it as though, well, you know, there was talk about the stones on Briarstone Isle not being active, not being activated, this thing is clearly magical and functioning. Mm -hmm. And I imagine Dora and or Gull are probably itching to get a look, a really close, first-hand, laying fingers on it look at some of those symbols. Everybody give me a perception check. Grip. 17. Dora. 23. Roni. 15. And Ray. Ray rolled a natural one. He's looking in the windows of the... Yeah, looking away. Looking away from the star Stella. Dora, as your eyes are drawn to this this object for the first time, you're contemplating, do I actually want to go up and look at it or know more about it? I'm thinking about some of your conversations about like you starting to decide for yourself that maybe some things aren't worth investigating. Maybe that causes her to turn her head a little off to the side where she sees loping up the other side of the hill what looks like like a 60-year-old man, like dark-skinned, but for an obviously dark-skinned man, he seems awfully ashen and more like like gray hued than just unusually pale hmm. he's wearing long red academic type robes in fact he seems to be wearing exactly the kind of robes that Dora saw in the psychometry vision of Dr. Lissandro but these robes are torn and shredded and wet soaking wet. This figure is soaking wet. And as he is loping up the hill, picture just this incredibly intense face. And oh my gosh, it looks like, like he looks actually bloodless. Oh no. And as he catches sight of you seeing him, he yells out, A little chaos! Must fall! And that's the end of chapter 37. Oh. <laughs> Yay.
Dark Nexus is a creation of Plug and Hum Productions. This podcast uses trademarks and or copyrights owned by Paizo Incorporated, which are used under Paizo's community use policy. We are expressly prohibited from charging you to use or access this content. This podcast is not published, endorsed, or specifically approved by Paizo Inc. For more information about Paizo's community use policy, please visit paizo.com slash community use. And for more information about Paizo and Paizo products, please visit paizo.com. That's P-A-I-Z-O dot com. Dark Nexus uses music and soundscapes by Sirenscape. Check them out at sirenscape.com. That's S-Y-R-I-N-S-C-A-P-E dot com. Opening and closing themes along with additional music composed by Rob Kozlarik. Artwork for Dark Nexus is by Matt Walquist. Special thanks to Toy, without whose generosity this project would not have been possible. And thanks to DMCP, Richard and Ari, Paul and Shannon, Chris, Scotty, Jason, Jess, Joe, Chelsea, Matt, Dave, Darren, and everyone we've gamed with over the years for all the memories and inspiration. WTPK. Oh. <laughs> Brilliant. Love it. Two tags. Season good. two tag. <laughs>